Hi everybody, it's Gershom Aitchison with another EduThink podcast. Today my guest is Cameron Bush. He's the iStore Education Lead Coding and Robotics Facilitator. That's a long title, Cameron. Can you just explain a little bit, unpack a little bit what that means? A long title for a lot of responsibilities. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the podcast. What I do at iStore Education is I train teachers as well as students on coding and robotics, the curriculum that Apple offers, which is the Everyone Can Code curriculum, ranging from early learners all the way through to higher ed. So whether teachers are looking at implementing coding and robotics into their school and teaching them to actually teach it themselves, or bringing it into schools as an extracurricular, opposed to an actual curriculum offering, I look at training the teachers to ensure that they are confident enough in delivering the content and they know how the content is structured and all the assessment processes that go into ensuring that their child's retaining the information and they're progressing through their coding journey. In South Africa, coding in schools has become the buzzword. Everybody's going, the Definitely. Department of Education says that this is the magic bullet for future-proofing kids and every school will have it and they've issued the decree. Apple is, like a couple of other good service providers, is well-positioned. It's not something that you've just suddenly put together. And I'm sure that it's also scaffolded with different products for different age groups. Would you like to just break that down a little bit and talk about the relevancy and the access for the teachers and the kids specifically? So the nice thing about the curriculum that Apple offers, uh, the Everyone Can Code curriculum, the curriculum itself is free. If you want to have access to the curriculum, yes, we do need a device. We need an iPad or a MacBook. But to access the curriculum, you don't need to go out and purchase textbooks. It comes out with a learner guide as well as a teacher guide. So if you as a teacher are taking the journey on and you're new and you're fresh and you know you only have a bachelor of education and you're scared to take this journey, the teacher's guide that is supplied comes with all the solutions. It comes with extra research to do, extra puzzles to do for to equip you as a teacher to ensure that you aren't bombarded with this new content and you aren't taken out of your comfort zone. But I feel like if you're taken out of your comfort zone, that's where you grow and develop. Sure. So I think more teachers in our country should be taking on this responsibility and bringing coding in because I feel coding is something that is cross-curricular. It shouldn't just be a coding classroom. Sure. And it's not something that you can break. Coding is, by its design, is about trial and error. And I think that's a lot of the value in the curriculum. Definitely. Well, that's a lot of the value in the cross-curricular part of things. So... If you don't get the code right, the device just won't do what you want it to do. Correct. And then you can stop and start again. And I think that's – kids can teach teachers a lot about that because that failing fast, failing forward trial and error is part of what we'd like them to do. And we certainly want that to be able to translate into maths and science where that's actually the learning. It's not just about putting out the perfect formula and getting it right every time. Definitely. I think it also goes to the philosophy that I hold daily to myself is there's no winners and losers. There's lessons learned and lessons taught. Sure. And coding is something that really drives that narrative where you'll see these children try over and over and over again. And I find myself battling. If I get something wrong, I try three times and I just give up. Sure. Where these kids, when they, when they going with, when they're trying to solve this coding problem, they don't stop until I get it right. So there's a lot of resilience and grit that's been built in the same place. I mean, these are transferable skills that these, these learners start to harness where it's not a it's no longer a coding skill it's a it's a skill that they can take into their life sure talk about the earliest access and the device that you use for that and what it looks like just paint a picture for us so a lot of the content we use or the, the device we use is the ipad um so the textbooks are accessible on the ipad the swift playgrounds applications accessible on the ipad and all of these supporting apps that we use that are available on the app store everything is available on the ipad so when it comes to our early learners uh the everyone can code early learners helps teachers to introduce coding concepts in a more unplugged manner. 
Okay. And what does that code do? Is there, you know, I'm looking at coding with an output to controller robots and solve problems like that. I'm sure that there's coding that allows for animation or pictures. Talk to him a little bit about the output of the coding. We don't code just to put lines together and make Correct. it look pretty. So we make use of multiple mediums, different tools, different apps. Okay. The robotics we make use of is Sphero, which we, we love dearly. Uh, the indie is something that we, we are starting to push a lot more with the, the early learners where there's no screen time required. Okay. But it teaches us this, this conceptual understanding, this problem solving and how to solve for puzzles without the need of a screen. Okay. So these transferable skills are still, the learners are still taking on these transferable skills, but there's no need for a screen. There's no need to put in my line of code. And then once they master this and they get to the part in their lives where they can actually understand, whether it's going from the foundation phase into interesting phase where they start to exhibit more problem-solving capabilities, that's when we move on to our Swift Playgrounds where you aren't just putting a bunch of line of code to spew out Hello World. Uh, there's activities within Swift Playgrounds where you can create books using code. You can create artwork using code, putting different shapes together and changing the, whether I'm sorry, the X, Y, or Y axis and the Z axis. You, you, you get them to code this in and make art with code. So we aren't just learning code just to make an application or to, to learn code for the sake of learning code. How do we apply this code? So I think a lot of people are terrified of the concept of coding because it feels like they have to suddenly become math geeks and engineers and things like that. But in its simplest form, code is using a language to give an instruction. 100%. And it doesn't matter if that language is pictures or colors or shapes that instruct something to happen. That's what it means. So if you've got triangle, triangle, square equals stop, then you want to know that when you read triangle, triangle, square, that that means stop. Correct. And if you've got circle, circle, square, that means go. And if you add another square, it means go fast. So if kids are reading the code, even if it's in a GUI, a, a graphic interface, they should be able to read the instructions like a sentence. Go forward, stop, wait two seconds, go forward, turn right, stop. Correct. So I think if people understand that code is just a way of telling a digital device how to do something, be it a robot, a picture, or a book that you're busy writing, that's what code is. It's just using a different language to do so. And there are a lot of languages out there. And fortunately, it seems to me that the accessibility to coding is not hard coding, which is actually typing out the, the, the language, as it were. It's about understanding they've put it into a graphic user interface where you can drag blocks with variables Correct. in it to do that what you need to coding. do. Block-based coding. I think that's where it starts. And I think if people understand that because it's shapes and pictures and colors that do that, it's why you can do your first part with the youngsters without doing screen time because they can pick it up like that. Correct. It's a logical sequence. I can see that learning coding is going to help with maths, as we spoke about the cross-curricular part and the of it. problem-solving aspects Correct. that coding provides yes. that you can translate into mathematics. Sure. But also, it's going to make them better writers of English because they're going to be clearer with the instructions right. and the intent of what they're writing. The, the, the common example I use, there's a, there's a video that circulated quite a while back where a father got his son and daughter to write an instruction to make a peanut butter sandwich. And they would give this instruction to the father and he would go to a T, their instructions. And when you actually see how he understood the instructions and, and actually executed it, you can see how skewed the instructions were. And this is where that whole English and coding translates. If you don't sequence your code properly and you don't give the instructions or the commands the way it's meant to be intended to be executed, 
you can see where these things can start to fall apart. Well, anybody who's put together a, a flat-packed device bought from China, um, and Ch- Chinese is so, yes. you know written in English with with um, other translators, will know that you've got to be very specific about Correct. the instructions. Otherwise, you're not going to get what you what you see. You end up with a device with five extra bolts, and you're going where are these supposed to be? Exactly. So yeah. I put it together, and all of a sudden, there's a bolt extra, there's a link extra. I'm like, okay, but it's put together. But is what, it working? What, exactly. What, what, what did I miss? And I suppose that's where we're seeing the value of coding. Perhaps some people in education don't understand. It just looks like it is another and on already burdened teachers. Instead of understanding, it is just changing the way that we do it to be more effective in our teaching. I think what helps me is I was a teacher myself before working in ISO education. And, you know, you mentioned that teachers are overburdened and it was clearly evident to me that, yes, we are. The admin is ridiculous uh, on top of all the teaching we need to do. And learning code and going through ISO education's coding program, that's how I ended up at ISO education is going through their program. I realized the tool that coding and robotics offers in terms of content delivery. And we spoke about cross-curricular and coding and robotics helped me execute my objectives and my deliverables in a more creative way where I found myself, I had to repeat content less. I didn't have to try and re-explain things with the practicality that the robotics and the coding offers. Learners were able to retain all the information. They were able to critically think about the information and it made my life easier. Mm. I didn't have to go back and think because, you know, feedback is crucial as a teacher. So that instant feedback where if they would code something in quickly in my lesson and the robot Sphero would talk it out, I would be able to see immediately, okay, where is this lapse in information? Mm. It made my job easier and also it got the students excited to come to my class. Mm. And when students are excited to learn, they retain information on a much higher level. What you're saying is something that we all know, but I think as teachers, we need to be reminded. First of all, teaching should be fun. Learning should be fun. And the more senses that we are able to integrate into the learning process, including what is now considered the sixth sense, which is balance, you are going to have a better outcome for learning. So when using coding with robotics, for example, with your Sphero, there is the touch element, there's the sound element, there's the C element, there's the speaking element because you're collaborating with your friends and things like that. You're also dealing with your balance, standing up, kneeling down, putting it on the mat, etc., etc. That has to be resulting in better learning. Definitely. Better retention of the learning and in a space that is non-threatening. It's not sit down, open your book, oh my God, there's maths on the board again. It's a lot more about the fun of learning and we know that kids are learning all the time. They are sponges. The, the neural connections are amazing and how many there are. And we are engaging a lot more of those. It allows them to be proactive in their learning process. Yeah. It isn't this all outdated um, direct instruction mm. model where most of our classrooms in South Africa follow the industrial model where mm. it's a… Chalk and talk. Chalk and talk, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Where we see a lot of schools, especially the new schools that are coming up, is they're taking on this 21st century model where they appreciate the collaboration that can happen in the classroom. Mm where they facilitate more conversations. Mm. They facilitate that the questioning, mm. where the old talk and talk, there isn't really room sure. for questions. It's, this is what I'm saying, this is the instruction, you take it in and you regurgitate. Yeah. One of the things that I'm really enjoying with our partnership with iStore Education is that collaboration, that involvement is not just about what happens in the classroom. I don't think you can have teachers and school leaders and educators 
who at that meta level are not actually operating in a collaborative learning fund space. And I have certainly found over the years that my interaction with, with iStore Education and its different iterations over the years has been one of collaboration, one of innovation, one of support. And part of this conversation that we're having right now demonstrates that. So let's talk a little bit about the robotics products that you have at the beginning. You mentioned one of them. Then you've got your sphere and what that age group looks like and then what the next step is because EduInc is embarking on that, the ATCE endeavor, which allows children to learn proper programming, build apps, and actually end up with a qualification that is on their CVs when they leave school. But you're the expert in this. So talk a little bit about through the different stages, how it scaffolds, and what those products are linked into, please. So looking at our early learners, we, we're looking at pushing the indie narrative a lot. Um, it's a non-screen time required. It's proactive. It's active. They have to jump up. They need to move puzzle pieces around. So you, essentially, you get these color mats that you put on the floor, and you get given cards that you've got to solve for a puzzle. Now, there's no words. It's picture-based, allowing the youngest of child to, to proactively get themselves involved in the problem-solving and computational thinking process. Sure. So from your grades R to grade 3, even going to grade 4, the indie can be used to help develop these problem-solving capabilities that we can then progress to our next Sphero product, which would be our Sphero Bolt. So before we go into the Sphero Bolt, it sounds like the focus on this is about logical thinking. Correct. Problem-solving, but without using the screen time. Correct. And getting that immediate feedback on it's working or not and helping with the iterative learning process. Uh, we see a lot of parents wanting their young child to have less screen time. And Sphero identified that. And they developed this awesome little robotics tool, this little robot, that allows you to solve puzzles that translates to coding in terms of getting your computational thinking up, getting your problem-solving skills up, and the collaborative aspect as well, because they're communicating with their peers on do, where do you think this tile goes? This is a left, this is more of a 45-degree turn where this is a 90-degree turn. Do you think this should go here? You allow them to communicate their, their questions, their problems, and this is where it all translates to that scaffolding where we develop young, brilliant minds with the indie, and then we take these coding concepts that they have developed with this product and translate it to eventually when we get to our intermediate phase and we start to use the bolt more often. Now, the bolt is still a sphero. That's a sphero bolt where it's a little sphere which has an LED screen on it and it has a little robotic... Think of it as a, a robotic ball, a sphero that moves around with an LED screen. Now, Sphero has a curriculum for this that is available but we like to use it in conjunction with our Everyone Can Code curriculum, mm. where when we start to learn commands, how do you issue commands to the Sphero? When you're looking at conditional statements or you're looking at your for loops, you should have this robotics encoding element intertwined. So you're allowed to reinforce this new information that the learners are gathering. So if you bring encoding into your school, whether you're starting at grade one, grade four, grade seven, or matric, if you're introducing the concepts, Introducing commands, command is a command. We all need to start somewhere. But once we've gone through our process of introducing it at a younger level, then we can start getting to the more complicated sections mm -hmm. where we've already established and developed these problem-solving abilities and their coding knowledge. That's when we can start getting into the really technical stuff that's available in our higher ed offerings or in Sphero's and, and Swift Playground's higher ed offerings. Mm -hmm. 
Cameron, I think we've got a very good idea of the offerings and where Apple's going with this, offering solutions to teachers, making it as easy as possible. My advice to teachers, having done the coding, learning the process with the students is just have fun with it. What advice would you give the, the teachers? I would say learn with the students. A lot of the times, teachers want to have, be this custodian of knowledge mm. and they want to know everything and be able to impart this knowledge onto their learners. But taking on a coding journey, become the student yourself. Sure. I think there's a lot of power in a teacher saying, I don't know, but I'm happy to learn with you. Definitely. We certainly have the experience to guide the process of learning and getting information. So there's the hidden curriculum in that space. Correct. And learners being in control and seeing teachers as learners themselves is a very, very powerful place, I think. And it is for teachers, especially in the African context, it's a desirable skill to have now with yes. the Department of Education at education pushing it so heavily sure because uh, yes they had a drafted document and it's been delayed for i think until 2025 now yeah but if you as a teacher can get the skill behind you you are going to be a skill that is in demand so that's good advice teachers who have not got the coding skills up to up to scratch start with this start Correct. learning i'm going to put two hats on one is a parent and one is a student hat and then the other is the teaching educational space how do students and parents get involved in this where can they contact iStore Education to get part of this process? Because it's not just an education. If you want a sphere at home, you can do that. And then the second part is, where do teachers and education start? How do they get hold of you to get this process going? So if parents would like to find out more information with regards to our coding offerings, they can contact education at iStore.co.za. And there they will put you through to the relevant people in terms of what equipment you would need, mm. what um, apps you would need. We are there to help you aren't there to just drop box and leave you alone okay we we believe in walking the journey with you we know it's a it's a treacherous path okay it's a very scary part i mean you look back 10 years ago you mentioned it it's, it was deemed as a very geeky very you know you got to just pump a bunch of lines into a computer yeah. and this is your code yeah it's a it's a much more interactive journey now where they've realized the the need for it in this african context and to make it accessible you read the stats only 19% of learners at grade four can read for understanding. Mm. You can see how difficult it can be when introducing a thing like coding. Mm. So we need to ensure that our parents, not just our teachers, understand what's going on in the school context to ensure that they have the support when they go home. And us at ISO Education will be able to help them walk this journey. And what do you offer schools? Um, you said that you're the ISO lead coding and robotics facilitator. What do you offer schools? If, edu if schools want to get into this, what do they do? So, as well, you, you would contact education at today, and we would tailor-make an offering that suits your school's um, parameters. Okay. Whether you are a public school with 1,300 learners or you're a private school with 400 learners, even less. Mm. We ensure that we come to your school before giving you a quote mm. to see what it is your school requires. Mm. Do you need us to come and look at your access points in terms of just setting up your internet mm. to ensure that your devices will con consistently be connected to the to the network so we'll come through to you see what solution we can provide you and remember we don't just offer a coding and robotic solution we offer an education solution mm. so we use the ipad superpowers alongside our coding offerings to ensure that the holistic cross-curriculum approach mm. we can tick that box sure so i suppose while you need to have apple devices to access the coding and things like that you're certainly not going to turn your nose up at a school that has, you know, Microsoft products and Google products that they're using 
it, you know, you're not threatened by that. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, we, we see that Google Classroom or even Google Apps work on the iPad as well. Yeah. So if you want to have a class with a lab of 20 iPads, we're not asking you to throw away all your Chromebooks. We aren't asking yeah. you to work, throw away all your Microsoft software, um, or your, or hardware, that is. Sure. We, we encourage you to use it as a collaborative aspect because, I mean, when these students leave, school yeah they aren't guaranteed to go into an apple only ecosystem or a windows only ecosystem sure. if they are able just like coding if you are able to understand multiple languages you're only setting up yourself for better success for, later. for greener pastures yeah, yeah yeah cameron thank you very much i really appreciate the time you spent with us i'm quite excited again to carry on with our relationship with apple and we certainly um look forward to seeing what you guys bring out thank you so much for having me you was awesome. awesome thanks man thank you You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.